I never know what I'm going to walk into. <laughs> God is good, church family. God, can we give the media team a really big hand? They, they do a lot of stuff, amen. Hallelujah. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Check this one out. Great is the peace of thy children, for they are taught of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Parents, I shared with you a few weeks ago. I know Miss Ashley has shared. Keys for Kids now has a free app. It's tremendous. We do it every time the grandkids are over. Really fun to listen to. What would you say it is, Diane? About two minutes, three minutes maybe? A, A scripture for the kids to think about. Parents, if you're looking for a little devotional, it's modern, it's fresh, and it's free. (laughs) Amen? Keys, K-E-Y-S, for kids. Grandparents, it's an app. It's an app. And they have one for teenagers, too. Our grandkids aren't teenagers yet, but they have one for teenagers also. I haven't checked that one out, but we're enjoying the Keys for Kids ones. Amen? I enjoy it. Every time they're over, I'm like, let's listen. Amen? Get the word in them. Get it in them on their level. Their level. Why are they playing mad madness in there? Let me tell you something. Miss Ashley is going to be teaching the word of God in the midst of all that. Amen? Our teens are going to go see Jesus' revolution right after church today. It's important that they know something's going on. It ain't all bad. Jesus is on the move. Amen? Amen? I don't know the actor's name, the guy that played Frazier there, but here he is on a little interview and he just starts bawling. The guy's like, why are you crying? He goes, I just think about this pastor and what he went through and all. It's supposed to be a really, everybody has gone to see it and said, wow, it is really, really good. So if you want to support it, it really helps them to know that clean films go a long way. Amen. Amen. God is good and all the time. Again, we're going to have our prayer meeting after church. We do this every Sunday, but I'm moving it from the conference room to here because I, you know, conference room can only hold about 15 people and we can have it in the sanctuary. Sound good? So if you're not doing anything, join us for 15 minutes, half an hour, or the full hour. Either way, amen. Father, we love you. We honor that name that's above every name. What a very unusual winter it's been, Lord, but Every year is different, and we accept what it is, Lord. And we thank you for your grace, your undeserved, unmerited favor, that we couldn't earn what we have today, that you freely, freely gave it to us. And all you ask of us is to say thank you. And I say thank you, Lord. I thought about it this morning during my prayer time, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Permanently never to be blotted out or scratched out, that my salvation is not based upon the first Adam, but it's based upon the last Adam, Jesus Christ. What a surety that gives me. What a confidence that I know that a trillion years from now, I will still be living in God's plan, doing the things that he wants done. Oh, what great love the Father has for us, that we should be called children of God. Come on, church family, let this soak in today. So many of you are beaten down, beaten down in marriage, at work, here, there. God loves you. 
every good and every perfect gift is from the Father above. He knows the very hairs on your head. Your name is written in his palm. He loves you. He only wants good things in store for you. But God is giving you a free will. And if you want to go in a different direction, he'll let you go in that direction. That's love. That's love. But boy, if you just say, Abba, Daddy, I just want to stay close to you. Let him just love you this morning. He just wants to cradle you. Hold you as a mama and a papa hold a child so close to their heart. Just let him love on you today. He's made room for you. Jesus said, in my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back. I'm going to bring you home, and you ain't seen nothing yet. You think the Alps are beautiful, wait and see. You think the ocean is amazing, wait and see. You think the universe is, <sighs> wait and see. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for them that love him. Who can separate us from the love of God? Can tribulation, distress, perils, anxieties, worries? Nah, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. When you talk about the love of God, it just soaks. Mm. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Quit getting into all the junk of this world. Get into his love. What should I read in the Bible? Get a topical, you know, that promise book I told you. Just look up love of God. Amen. And then just look them up. Look up those scriptures on love. Romans chapter 1. Today we're going to wrap up this beautiful love story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say gospel. Good news. Everybody say good news. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're going to church and they're preaching bad news, they are not preaching the gospel. Because the word gospel means good news. Good news. What's the good news, Pastor? Jesus did it all. Amen? What's it like? It's not like being in a canoe where you got to row. It's like being on a cruise ship where you lay back. You just trust him. I'm not saying you don't do anything. That's foolishness. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in him. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Here's what God's been teaching me, and it's taking me into a whole nother dimension. Quit looking at your flesh and look at who you are in him. Getting an understanding that this flesh is, it's just like a jacket. It's all going to pass away. But the inside is the real me. The inside has Christ living in him, the hope of glory. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, I can't send the Holy Spirit. But he went away and he gave us the Holy Spirit. What's he doing? Just taking up room? If you let him, if you just say, I'll never talk to him, whatever, he'll just live there. But if you listen, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Lead me. Guide me. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? As long as it lines up with the word of God, 
If it lines up with some cuckoo-ness, just put it to the side. We all get cuckoo thoughts, amen? Quit thinking you're messing up when you, we all blow it, amen? If we didn't blow it, we didn't need a savior, all right? So we all blow it, relax, enjoy. The greatest thing you can do in life is enjoy God. I should have a bigger amen than that. Enjoy God. Enjoy him. Enjoy him. Amen. You're not here to be all stressed out. Amen. But you don't know all my woes. Then ask, you know what you should do? Here's what you should do. It's real simple. Write down all your woes. And then one by one, start praying over them. And as the Lord answers that prayer, cross it out. Go to the next one. Come on. How do you overcome credit cards? You got big credit card debts. You attack them one at a time, right? You go after the one with the highest interest and you put a little bit extra on that one and you pay the minimum on the other one and you keep doing it until that one's gone and then you chop it up. Yeah. Amen? You don't say, well, I got another 10,000. You chop it up and you go to the next one and you take the amount that you were putting in that first one and you put it into the second one plus the minimum and then you chop it up. It's the same way with the things in our lives. We all got problems. We all got stuff. Write them down. And start saying one at a time. One at a time. Come on, talk to me. One at a time. Amen. I'm reading a book right now. It's so good. It's on habits. And he says, don't try to come up with 10 habits. Get one habit. Make a goal of one habit in 365 days. And work on that one habit and see how that'll produce in you. I said, that's good. Amen. Because if I live 100 years or 80 years, I could have 80 habits. Good habits. Good habits, because bad habits are so easy to get. Aren't they, church family? Amen. Amen. All right. Here we go. You ready? We're going to wrap up today on this great, the gospel, the greatest love story. For, you there? Did I tell you where to go? Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Ready? For I am not, come on, read it with me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then also for us, the Gentiles, the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. You are in right standing with God today. How? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just. Who are the just? Those that believe on Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. That's our life. How are we to live? By faith. Again, I love how the NLT brings this out. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. If you're living in condemnation, you're living in, oh, God's mad at me because I did that or that, you're not reading your Bible. Well, get mad at me. I don't care. I'm going to tell you the truth. You're not reading your Bible. Because my Bible says once I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I'm in favor with God. I am now the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. He has forgiven me and he accepts me just as I am. Now he's working on me and I'm working on me, but I'm not going to live in condemnation. I love Romans 8.1. There is therefore now, now, no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of 
of sin and death. Amen? All right, keep going on. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. The just shall live by faith, right? As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So real quick, we went through three weeks. Let me give them to you real quick. Week number one. In week one, we saw that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost, and that included you, and that included me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Roman, uh, Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, yet we need to look beyond ourselves. Us four and no more. No, we got to have a vision. What's our circle? Who do we influence in life? Those are the ones that we should be praying for. You know, sometimes stop praying for the one in China and pray for the one next door to you. I believe we can pray for both. But you understand what I'm trying to say? Pray for your neighbors. Pray for them. Well, I'm too nervous to talk to them. Then ask God to send the perfect labor across their path. Jesus said, the fields are white unto harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth the laborers. Amen? Each one. Come on, guys. You got to help me today. Come on. Each one. Each one, each one, put that somewhere in your house. Each one, reach one. Jesus came for this purpose. The Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Two weeks ago, we saw during Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, that everyone is welcome to the table, that we are inviting people to the table that he has set up to be able to share with them why we have this great hope. Look at First, First Peter 3, 14 and 15 NLT. If you can get that up on the screen there, that'd be great. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. Oh, there's a day of rewards coming. There's a day of reckoning coming, yes. But there is a day of reward towards for the believer, amen? So don't, be, don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Oh, they got so many threats now. AI is going to take over. We're going to put chips in our brain. We're going to be eating grasshoppers instead of filet mignons. On and on and on and on it goes. Don't be afraid of their threats. Instead, Worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You see what it's saying there? There'll be times people come up to you and start asking, and that's your opportunity to share with them. Share why you have this great hope. The message paraphrase, that last part, it says it like this. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone you ask why you are living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. I love that, amen? All right, last week we saw the importance of community or why it's so important to connect with other believers, all right? Go ahead and turn with me again to Hebrews 10.25 because that's going to take us right into this week's. Hebrews 10.25. When people say, eh, you know, talk about the return of the Lord, every book of the Bible has about the return of the Lord. 
So you better talk to Peter, John, James. You better talk to all these different people. You better talk to the prophets, on and on. Everyone, yeah, but you remember Campy? He gave a date. No man knows the day or hour. Well, don't you remember Y2K? We never said it in this church. Don't you remember when the war in Iraq came? I was interviewed by a newspaper when I was still working in Middletown, and they said, do you think this is the battle? I said, it's absolutely not the battle because it's not set up the way the Bible says, but it's set up now. Russia is meeting with Syria and meeting with Iran and meeting with Turkey and having a meeting about, I wonder what, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Hold on, brothers and sisters. It's going to get wild out there, but it's going to get refreshing in here. Amen. The king is coming. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Some people are doing that. They go to church when they feel like going to church. Here it says, don't do that. Church is church. You don't make it an option. Dear Lord, don't share that with your kids because then they'll make it less of an option. Right. I, I think about it. I am responsible for the salvation of my children. If you understand what I mean by that. Everybody has to make their own decision. They have to, when they come to the year, age of accountability. But in myself, I'm the one. I, this, you know... I, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Let me tell you that, amen? But one thing, the scripture that really hit me before I became a minister was that God was going to use me because I was going to raise my children to know him. Amen. That's written about Abraham, right? I know Abraham, and I knew that he would raise his family after me, and that stuck in my heart. And me and Diane made a decision right from the beginning. We are going to do everything we can to teach our children the Word of God, no matter what it costs, where we have to drive, on and on. To me, that was number one. Everything else was secondary, thirdary, all of that. Number one, they're in church on Sunday. And because of that, every one of them is born again. One is uh, uh, working uh, in a church down in New Mexico. One is involved in her church, her and her husband in North Carolina. And my other daughter, because she got born again, she's walking on streets of gold right now. Amen. Do you understand how important that is? Because I don't know when my child might pass away. Yeah, we protect them. We honor them. We do all we can. But things happen in life that we don't always understand. But as long as they're born again, we're going to see them again. Amen. We're going to see them again. And here's what it's saying. But exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approach. And I think about this revival that went on and is still going on in a different flavor now down at Asbury. And there was a person in Chile. He sold his car to fly over to get in the midst of the revival. When God's moving, you get in the midst. You get hungry for the things of God. If you hunger and thirst after me, the Bible says you'll get filled. Amen? It's when we desire him. It says that 500 people saw Jesus when he, after he rose from the dead, right? But yet in the upper room, there was just a few left. What happened? We all get busy in life, don't we, church family? And they got busy too. And they missed something pretty special that day. Fire, 
filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, on and on and on. Anyway, get involved in a small group or a common interest group. Get in church. Now, I hear this. Nobody cares about me. Get involved in a group and watch how that group connects with you. That statement is a baby statement, a very childish statement. Nobody called me. Why don't you pick up the phone and let us know you got a problem so that we can pray and send our pastoral care to you? We're not witch doctors up here. I don't have a crystal ball in my office. Brandy doesn't stand all day and go, Lord, who do we visit? What's going on? You got a phone. Let us know what's going on. I wrote it on my prayer card. Half those prayer cards are written in tongues. I can't even understand them. <laughs> we hold them before the Lord because he can understand them. Oh, are you with me, church family? But there's something about small groups. There's something when you're connecting with other believers on a smaller setting. As we get larger, small groups become more valuable. Reverend Cho of South Korea's church hit approximately one million attenders. Can you imagine that? A church of a million people. And he attributes it all to his small group uh, that operated within his church. And they were all over the nation of South Korea. Amen? So small groups are powerful. I ask you to look into that. Let's wrap up today. Number four. I want to wrap up this series with an understanding of what serving the Lord means. Everybody say serving. 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 Last week, our main text that I just brought out was Hebrews 11.25. But look how this verse now connects with the verse in front of it. So go to Hebrews 10.24. Everybody with me today? Come on, say I'm with you, Pastor. All right. Hebrews 10.24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God wants us to help one another. I look at one of the groups that we got going on here, and that group had one guy that kind of fell through the cracks, and they started calling him a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Hey, I haven't seen you around. Everything's okay. What's going on? Small groups made a connection there. Think of it. A church could not survive without people that make a decision to serve and to give of their talent. Everyone in here, everyone has a talent. Not everyone has a teaching talent. I get that. Not everyone has a, a, hospitality, a hospitality talent. But every one of us has been given something from God. In fact, when you, if you study the word of God, that's what the Bema seat or the judgment seat is going to be all about. What did you do with what God gave you? You might say I only had one little thing. You used that one thing. 
and your rewards will be like a Billy Graham's rewards. If you're faithful to what God has given you, Pastor, I can't do much. I'm old. All I can do is pray. Pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for your church. Pray for your neighborhood. Get a prayer map. Pray over the world every day. Pick a different one. I just ordered a bunch of new prayer maps, so they should be in pretty soon. Where they have every nation of the world and every state that you can pray for every day. That's all you can do? Be faithful to that. I love to just hang out right there. Be faithful to that little gift you got and watch what God will do with that little gift. You want to look at one of the shyest, can't speak in front of people, people you would ever meet? I could still remember as a young kid, 17, 18 years old, up in my attic where I used to get stoned with a fake microphone trying to talk on it. You think I'm kidding you? I used to listen to a guy called Charlie Rizzo. Anybody here know him? Let's talk about Jesus. He was on the radio. Wasn't much Christian radio back then, let me tell you. And I said, I got to ask him a question. I got on the phone, and he said, hello. And I went, I'm not kidding you. I couldn't say one word, and I hung up. If he's got that recorded, it's still there. I went to Calvary Temple. They asked me to do a devotional for the college and career. And I said, God, I know there's a calling in my life, so I'll do it. You never saw a person pray so hard in all your life that there would be a storm or something that they would cancel that thing. <laughs> I'm not joking. This, these are God-honest testimonies. It rained. They called me up and they canceled, but God saw a willing vessel that day. Some of you are laughing at me. That's okay. I mean, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. Let's go. You ready? Are you guys all there in Matthew chapter 20? No? What's going? I thought you, I thought you read minds. I thought you had a little ball there that said, Pastor's gonna do this next. What happened? <laughs> Just having some fun with you guys today. All I'm trying to say is you need me, but I need you also. We need, we need to serve one another, as the scripture says here. I'm going through a rough time in my marriage. So why well, can't serve right now? Why? You should be serving right now. Get your mind off that problem. Well, you know, this is going on right now. Listen, we have ways for you to serve that aren't going to just take up every time you come. In fact, we don't want you to serve every week. We want you in church, too, because you need the Word of God. Can I get an amen on that? You're in here because you're under an anointing of a pastor, amen? And that pastor's anointing is a teaching, preaching anointing, amen? So you need that. You can't say, oh, I'm just going to hang out there. No, get your little buns in here. Amen. Sit down and hear the word of God. Get yourself full 
so that you can serve and give to others. Amen? Oh, Pastor, you're rough today. That was rough? Not at all. Matthew 20, 20. Everybody there now? All right. Then the mother of Zebedee's son came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking some, something from him. It's just like a mama. I mean, the Bible is so real, right? And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, oh, nothing big. Just let, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. Nothing big, right? But Jesus answered her and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism with? And they said, we're able. Yeah, put the sins of the world on you. Yeah, you're able, right? What our Jesus went through. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and you will indeed uh, and be baptized with my baptism that I am baptized. They're gonna die as martyrs, right? But to, but to sit on my right hand and my left is not mine to give, but it is for those to whom it is prepared by my Father. Hey, picture the other 10 there. What's, what's going on over there? I don't know, his mom's asking Jesus something. What's he asking? I heard she wants them. She wants uh, John and, uh, uh, come on, Jim and John, James and John, to sit on each side. Who do they think? Who's that mama think she is, Right? Oh, we think, you know, this relationship and the, the, the band of brothers here and Mary Madeline and I, come on, I guarantee you, they had some interesting days together and this is one. And when the 10 heard it, they were greatly, didn't say little, mega displeased with these two. Who do you think you are? Right? right? Hey, John, come here. These are guys just like us. No, actually, they're worse off than us because we have the Holy Spirit in us. They were spiritually dead still at this point. Until Jesus died on that cross, no one was born again, right? But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know the rulers of the Gentile Lord over them and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among us. Say me. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Now catch this next part. In fact, why don't you say it with me? Just as the Son of Man, who? Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Here's the way the Passion Translation says at verse 28. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. I think for us to fully understand what's going on with this verse to understand what's going on here we need an understanding of who Jesus Christ is and for time I'm just going to read these out to you ready Hebrews 1 1 
God, who at various times or different dispensations, in various ways he operated differently during those times, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these, here we go again, last days, spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of everything, through whom his Son he also made the worlds. Jesus made the worlds. Look what it says. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sin, is now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than all the angels as he has by an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That's my Jesus. Amen. Take the wheel, Jesus. Amen. Colossians 1, 16, 17. For by him all things were created. Think about that. Every atom, every molecule, it, things that we can't even see yet. All of it was created by him. It says things that are in heaven, things that are earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Wow. John 1, 1, 5, verse, uh, verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory to glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. This is the person that just said, I didn't come for you to serve me. I've come to serve you. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. We can go on and on. So many scriptures on that. I'm, re I'm reading Joyce Meyer's book, My Time with God, and she said this, a proud person finds it almost impossible to serve others. Let that one sink in. I ain't bending down to pick up that piece of paper. Why? Why? Well, I'm a, yeah, you're a, okay, let's keep reading. <laughs> a proud person finds it almost impossible to serve others, especially in small and hidden ways. The main reason Jesus teaches us to serve is not because he is unable to meet the needs of people, but because it's imperative for us that we do so. We benefit more than anyone when we serve. God is the ultimate servant. Jesus humbled himself and became a servant. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant and he came in the likeness of a man. She continues on. Serving is not natural, she says this now, to my nature. So I choose to do it on purpose. Did you catch that? I have to think about other things that I can do for other people. And I pray regularly asking God to make me aware of ways, large or small, that I can serve. Things like turning out the light in Dave's closet, cleaning up a mess someone else made with a good attitude. 
Let it, letting someone go before me in the line if they are in a rush or providing an item that a family member or friend needs or what. Quietly serving others adds much joy and fulfillment to our lives. Focusing on serving others helps us defeat selfishness and self-centeredness. Purpose to look for way, purpose to look for ways you can serve others and you're sure to experience a greater intimacy with God as well as with those whom you are serving. One more story. Go with me to John chapter 13. We're in the Lent season right now, right? Last Wednesday, I don't know, walking down the street, people got all this black stuff on their head. I wanted to get a washcloth and wash. Then I remembered it was Ash Wednesday. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. But that started, that kicked off the Lentil season, right? The season when we start reflecting on the passion, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord. All right? And it's coming up. We got a lot of things scheduled for that as a church. John 13, 1. Now before the, the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to be with his Father, look what he says. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loves us, say with me, to the end. Woo! I'm in love. I feel love. He loves me. Amen. And supper being ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his garment. He took a towel. He girded himself. After that, he poured water in a basket and began to wash the disciples' feet. The job that is reserved for the lowest slave. They didn't have asphalt roads. That's the unique thing when I watch the chosen is the dust, the dirt, the manure, on and on. And all they wore was sandals now they're going to recline when they recline they put their feet up can you imagine looking at somebody's feet and seeing some doo doo on it that's why the servant washed their feet are you with me guys and he wiped them with the towel which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him Lord are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said to him what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Then Jesus said, okay, but you'll have no part with me. He said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said he was bathed need only wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you, for he knew would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, he sat down again and he said, Watch what he said. This is the part. Do you know what I have done to you? Yeah, you washed my feet. You call me teacher and Lord. You call me the top of the food chain, right? The, the big guy. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord 
and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. And he explains it now. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you find them. What is he saying? Is he saying before you come in church, I should be out there with a bucket of hot, hot water and some, you know, good lavender soap and wash your feet? No, he's saying whatever position we're in, we still serve. We still look for ways of helping. What can I do? How can I pick up that little bit of trash there? Wow, that sink in the bathroom is just a mess. Maybe a visitor will come in. I'll just wipe it down with paper towel and throw it in the trash. Little things, little things that go a long way. We as a church believe in the ministry of helps. We believe that every person should find the place to get involved. And we have all different departments. And we understand that not everybody can serve all the time. Talk to us. Let us help you. Here's just an example. And these are the little team application cards that are out at the Welcome Center. That you can, are there, that's where they're getting them? The ushers have them? If you would like one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give it to you. But let me just re read off some things. We have an altar working team. You see them every Sunday. An A team. Where do you think those prayer cards, envelopes, and pens get in there? Amen? Bookstore. We have the greatest bookstore around. If you've not visited our bookstore, we just put a whole new section of old journals in there. Super looking bookstore. Try to find a paper bookstore nowadays. Bus drivers, our teens, children go all over the place. Greeters, don't we got some of the nicest greeters? They are just so, come on, give them a hand, amen. Amen, amen. Security team, thank God for the security team. We live in a dark world, amen? Let me tell you, you don't want to mess with them because many of them are ex-policemen and policemen. So you know what they're allowed to do, amen? Ushers, thank God for our ushers. Welcome center, man, sometimes I see the line there. People, you know, landscaping. That Dear sister Karen back there has put together a team. Every spring, summer, and fall, there is such beauty out there. And they have that sign when you pull in. It all started in a garden. Amen. Amen. Give them a big hand. Amen. <laughs> Snow removal. We might need you in the next day, right? <laughs> Parking lot attendants, co cafe, coffee, production team. Oh, we don't need all this high-tech stuff. We're not high-tech. We just want it to look excellent for our Jesus. Amen. Worship team. Hey, new drummer up here today, brother. Excellent, excellent. Children's ministry, nursery, serve a little children. Brandy said something on Wednesday, I believe it was Wednesday night when I was listening to you. She said, we're believing for children and they, they're having problems having kids. And she said, what I did was I sowed a seed. I worked in the children's ministry and I served other children. Was that Wednesday night that you brought it out? I served others. See, I'm listening, Brandy. <laughs> I served other children, and now God filled their quiver full. They have five kids. 
Amen? Nursery, children's ministry, teen ministry, connect ministry, all these different ways that you can get involved. We don't make it hard. Just, just take membership. We want to take that one class because you need to know us. We need to know you. But find out where your place of service is. Maybe it's outside the four walls of the church. Amen? And that can be. But we want to help you if you're looking for somewhere to get involved. Talk to Brandy. Call her up during the week here at the church and find out, where can I get involved? I, I do this, I do this, I have to live a busy life. And she might say, you know what, right now, be a prayer warrior. Right now, do this. If you're believing for children, Ashley, stand up right there, Ashley. She'll, she'll train you, she'll help you, she'll get you involved. Amen? Those children are so sweet. They're precious is right. Amen? Church family, I love you. God loves you. This is my desire, and I'm closing the, the, the book. This is my desire. Are you ready? On the day of the Bema seat, to see you all come on out with crowns and rewards from the Lord that you heard your Savior say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I, as your pastor, just had a little part to play in that. Yeah. Amen? Love you, church family. But more important than me loving you, he loves you. Would you bow your heads as we close in prayer? Praise you, Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you for one that'll bring a bag of candy for a young child to walk out these doors with the biggest smile on their face. I thank you for the one on cold days or outside to help people park. Oh, it's nice when it's 70 degrees outside. That's the greatest job. Thank you, Lord. And I can go through each and every department. But I know there are those here that know computers. We have a production team that's second to none. Talk to John Rich. They'll get you still. They can use you and get you involved. They have a great team. About 14 people working together to make this all happen. But as we wrap up today, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, that's the most important thing. Pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray together. Say this with me. Dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross. He rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins, accepting me today. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all I got to do to get to heaven? No, you got to believe that in your heart. Amen. Anybody can say words, you know, the mind, but it's the heart. Amen. If you need more instruction on that, talk to us. We will make sure that you understand the plan of salvation. But for now, we'd like to just give you a little package to just help you in your newfound faith. If you would like that package, just lift your hand up. Let the altar workers see it. They'll bring it right to you. Just lift your hand up saying, I'm still seeking, but I would like some more information. Just raise your hand. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. 
We honor Jesus today. We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. Thank you for safety in the next few days, Lord, as we enter into the March, Lord, the last month of crazy weather. Thank you for your people, and I thank you again that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Water baptism Wednesday night. You want to join us for prayer about 1230. God bless.